Just oh, guys, guys, guys! It's happening! And here comes Biggie. Mr. Money in the Bank is cashing it in right now. Biggie promised us all night long he would cash in his Money in the Bank contract. The time is now, and it is official. Here we go. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. with me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Ladder war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like a dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jeez! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. You know, my old pappy used to say, he who fights can run away to run away another day and run off to Wednesdays because it's Wednesday. You know what that means. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is here and ready to go. Today is a full show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have this week's top topic, which we're going to be talking the best of titles, straps, and belts. I think it's a great name for the topic because it's all the no-no words in the WWE, so that's kind of funny. Uh, But, of course, we will also have some news for you. We have this week's Bring It to the Table. We take a trip back into 1996 because 25 years ago was In Your House Mind Games, plus the Fallout on Raw and WCW Nitro. Before we make our way there... Of course, I want to thank everybody for listening to us. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, and I do thank you for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, we bring you good wrestling and good flicks. Last week's flick, we did a triple Lindy with Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School. If you know what the triple, triple Lindy is, then you didn't see that movie at all. One of the most <laughs> funniest CGI thing ever of him hitting three different diving boards. But anyway, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that this show is not a one-man show. As always, I have our co-host, the man who will blow your brains out. He's known as Mr. ODM Joe Rizzo. 
You probably heard of him. I know what you're thinking. He's old and decrepit, gums his food and his women, but he can still shoot it straight when it comes to wrestling. So without any further ado, ODM. Professor, in lieu of today's movie quote, uh, I would just ask for one thing, and that is, HIT THE FUCKING MUSIC! Woo! The bills make me wanna shout, kick your heels up and shout, throw your hands up and shout, throw your head back and shout, come on now, the bills are making it happen now, stand up now, come on and shout, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Bills. I got to be honest, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, what part of the movie was it this silent where this guy is going to open a beer, be this quiet? I'm like, man, I don't remember this part of the movie. I mean, there's Lightning Jack with, uh, what's his name, Paul Hogan and Cuba Gooden Jr., and he was a mute. I thought that's kind of what you were going for, but yeah, never mind. Dude, nice. Good, good way to start the week, man. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen squishing some fish. It was a good, good, good weekend. And, you know, some other things happened, of course, over the course of this last week. Of course, every time that we record something, it's the night of that happens. But we actually called it out, I think, in advance on the on the show. Sure did. As you heard at the top of our program, Big E cashes in the money in the bank and becomes the WWE champion. Called it out, told everybody, here's what I'm doing on Twitter, and does. They even had a a segment about it in the beginning of the show. Why did they do this? Well, you're trying to rival Monday Night Football, and you're also trying to rival now AEW. Because as we are seeing, AEW is having better ratings than any Monday Night Raw as of recent. Can't say that they are not a threat. Dude, I'm I'm sorry, I got to call I got to call it out. What the <laughs> fuck is going on over there, man? I'm watching you. I'm watching you stare at your beer like, "Wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." Now you have to it Is there too much yeast in that beer? Uh, no. I mean, I brewed it, so I know how much yeast went in there. Um, yeah, let's get back to what you were talking about. Listen, I I think we all saw the writing on the wall, especially when they split up the new day. We knew, um, you know, that coupled with the fact that them calling their shot was their way to contend with Monday night football. And honestly, this is why I drafted Big E number one overall in our wrestling fantasy draft, because I knew this was coming. I don't even want to talk about the fantasy draft. (laughs) Um, it is kind of cool because... I texted you guys and was like, and you guys are you and Nightwing. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. they should make 
the bloodline versus new day at survivor series because now the big e is with the new day again on raw and it's always raw versus smackdown go that road and they're doing it tonight on raw because wwe can't think that far out they're like i have an idea how about we do it right now (laughs) uh I mean, eventually, I think you should probably unify the titles at this point. They have You've gotten to. rid of so many people, you should eventually unify them. I think it could lead to something cool. I've seen a couple of different scenarios. One actually was, it was just a background picture of WrestleMania, which I'm sure it was just a fan-made thing that I, that I saw online. I'm like, but I could be down with it, is... Kofi wins Rumble, but Big E is turned on the New Day, and somehow Xavier's in there, and you get a cool triple threat. I'd be okay with that. Um, the other funny thing that I did see was the race is on between Xavier Woods and Heath Slater, because between 3MB and the New Day, two-thirds of each group now has had the world title. So is it going to be Heath Slater or Xavier Woods to become a world champion? Yeah, first? right. I think that's hysterical. Um I just don't care. Nope. To be honest with you, I don't care. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, he won. But I don't care where it goes from here. I just have not given a shit. I'm not being an AEW mark because I could try to like other things. Um, NXT's new pink stuff is weird. I can't uh... deal with that. I mean, yeah, we do have a new champion in Tommaso Ciampa. It's cool to see him back with Goldie again but at the same point at what cost look what the the whole roster looks like they're doing fucking weddings to close out show yeah anyway we'll get there yeah there's there's a couple things to say about that one you're you're absolutely right with the big e thing it's too little too late like you gotta get you know roman reigns and you know even with brock lesnar coming back that's not enough that that's not going to carry an entire promotion it's interesting but it's not that interesting to make me sit there and watch those shows i like i don't even want to watch nakamura anymore no that's it's so funny i was watching the bills game and they had the commercial commercial i saw yeah and i saw him with rick boogers (laughs) and i go oh i don't care as soon as I saw it, I go, I just don't care. It's, I'm like, eh, nothing got me excited to even see any of it. And it's uh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, WWE used to be great, but you know what? Do you know what AEW is now? Greatest Western thrill of all. Yeah, you kind of shoehorn that one on there. Come on, that was a good one. You never even get close. Give me some credit. <laughs> You're babbling. Yeah. the thing is with nxt man you can tell that it's not just a rebranding you can tell that vince is is basically taking it over now because they've already said they're not chasing any indie talent and boy are they right because they debuted six people on the show one of them being the son of rick steiner and they are not allowed to call him the son of rick steiner off to a tremendous start who beat la Knight flat yeah and there's somebody else too. Um, oh God, who is it? Von Wagner. Yeah, he's, or something like that. Went right to the main event. He took Kyle O'Reilly's place. And then there's, but there's somebody else that's another prodigy. There's actually a few prodigies, and I can't remember who the, who, the, who the followers are. But yeah, I mean, Rick Steiner's obviously or Scott. Yeah, Rick Steiner's the big one, obviously. But yeah, dude, it's an absolute clusterfuck. You can tell, like you know, like you can't make us care in the people that we want to care about. Why are we going to care about nobodies? 
Especially, the hilarious thing is you dressed him up just like Rick Steiner. Minus the headgear. Oh, my God, I know. Yeah. I, it, for me, it's funny because when you watch it, it looks like the old FCW. It looks like what they used to do oh when, uh, when Cena and uh, when he was prototype and Batista was Leviation or whatever his name was. Um, there was, it, that's what it looks like is just a man. How do you, it's, you can't even call it AAA anymore. This looks like just nightly practice that people could come and watch. And I feel like you're wasting money and time on USA network at all. Then like no one's going to tune in and watch that weekly. I don't think, I mean, it, to me, it looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a damn shame. We used to care. Remember that? Remember when TakeOver was like the biggest event of the year? No matter which one it was? Do you, do you remember when we had Pepper segments remembers. AEW versus NXT? Yeah. Like, like oh my God. Uh, I have as much care. The care I have for NXT is about the size of Jodie Foster's itty bitty gun in our in our movie. Always had a thing for Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you can't help it. You are irresistible. That's creepy. Not you. Oh. Well, in that case, okay. Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, noble savage. Because, <laughs> hang on, we have a lot of negative shit we're about to talk about, but let's talk about, hang on, I got to find the exact, uh, I think I, I, yeah, it's on my phone. Hang on, it's one of the funniest things. I don't know, whoever, uh, I'll give them credit, whoever their name is. Uh, let's see. At BME underscore 87. Seriously, within two months, AEW's managed to convince CM Punk and Martha fucking Hart to trust pro wrestling again. What kind of magic is this? <laughs> Give us some news, man. What happened, ODM? That sums it up. Got a little message from Nightwing today, uh, this morning. You know, I, I was working hard, diligently. I hope my employer hears this, but let's not cut ourselves. Nobody's listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I saw it, and I was just stunned. Stunned. Your mouth this, just opens. You're like, what? Yeah, this doesn't, <laughs> to an outsider who's not familiar with wrestling history or, you know, didn't watch wrestling or doesn't pay attention nowadays, this is a big fucking deal. Uh, AEW is announcing the Owen Hart Cup tournament. And this is with full official affiliation with the Owen Hart Foundation. Uh, there's Who actually. Is, which is run by. Martha and Oach. Martha Hart. Yeah, Martha runs and it. Oach. Oach is a big part of it. Yep. Uh, which we learned from the dark side of the ring. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, man, this is fucking huge uh owen hart never really gets talked about in wwe and i can imagine why um but somebody that you know you and i are obviously both huge fans of we're still getting to see him in the monday night wars recap uh and just had all the potential to be a world champ and just never got there for whatever reason so uh, if you want, I can read you some of this here real quick. Like this is the press release. Oh, from please AW. do. Just, I mean, I'm sure people have already heard it, but it's just great to hear it again because it's such this is triumphant news. That I'm going to give you that. That's the that's the description or descriptive word I could go with. This is triumphant because all of us who are major Owen Hart fans have been waiting for him to get some form of recognition, but Martha does not want 
the WWE to get any form of name recognition because of they killed her husband. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Holy shit, I just had an idea. Yeah, it was like, wow, were you that impressed with what I just said? You had a look on your face, but no, you just had an idea. No, dude. AEW creates after the tournament's over. You make an announcement, and then at the next oh, it's called the Owen Cup, by the way. Yep, the Owens Cup. No, no, it's actually called that. The Owen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. You win the. I just okay. I just want to throw that out there. I like to just that's it. The Owen. You just wanted to interrupt me. That's all. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Next pay per view. I didn't announce. mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say. Please. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but inter- go ahead. Your dog's a fucking whore. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. AEW announces they're going to create their Hall of Fame. And the first yeah. entrant in the AEW Hall of Fame is Owen fucking Hart. I could see it happen, and then maybe even at the same time. That's just see, I like how TNA does it once, uh, one person a year they used to do, or maybe one or two. I wouldn't mind seeing Owen and maybe even Brody Lee both get their nod into the Hall of Fame right there because, I mean, it's your own personal Hall of Fame and who you think. Um, Maybe a stretch to put Heber in there, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. Very, very exciting. But, yes, please read what you've – all the notes that you have for the upcoming Owen Cup and what's also in the works. All right, so this is the official AEW press release. Uh, AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation enter into a relationship to honor world-renowned wrestler Owen Hart's legacy. All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. That was what I wanted Woo! to say. WWE couldn't even put <laughs> Owen in any of their games since 1999. Yep. And we're going to get Owen in a video game. And he's going to be against the likes of Omega Punk. Danny Bra- I can't wait for this game. I have to buy a brand new system just to get this game. But I'm going to do it now. Wow. I'm getting it. Yep. Hats so- off to Tony Khan. Hell AEW. Yeah. Anyone else who's involved, um, you know, one of Punk's biggest things that he said that he what changed his not changed his mind, but really kicked it into overdrive as to why it worked with AEW was the handling of uh, Brody Lee's death, how they kept it within confines of the company. No one knew about it. Like when we saw it, we're like, what? We're like, did he die in a car accident or something? Like, what? How the hell did that happen? Like, and yeah, like, right. Wow, he was sick. No one knew. No one knew because they did it the right way. And how they handle it and how they handle wrestlers, I think that maybe somehow, maybe Martha sees that in a way. Uh, Just pure speculation. But I think that just earning her trust at all, holy shit. And one more bit bit of news there to that. 
you've heard the rumors and the rumblings. Kevin Owens is thinking about leaving WWE, right? We've been seeing that. He's like the Kevin Owens. The reason he went with Owen is because of Owen Hart. His real name, Kevin Steen. I would just want to see him show up and be in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. You win the Owen. That's what it's called, the Owen. I love that name. That's just so cool. Dude, God, we're talking about Owen Hart in 2021. That's awesome. Hell yeah. It's something else. Uh, they're going to do action figures too, so it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but the fact that, uh, I yeah, I think you nailed it. Any more action figures, but I'll buy that. Yeah, uh, with with Martha being on board and kind of giving her blessing uh, again, like even CM Punk tweet, he's like, "Guys, this is huge," and I mean, he nailed. Yeah, it is fucking huge. Like it seems trivial, but it is very, very huge. And it goes to show you that, like AEW, you can call them March, you can call them whatever you want. They actually are like operating with compassion. Now it helps that you know this is play money for Tony Khan. And that's fine, whatever. But the but fact he's playing that the right is, way. Yeah, you people are flocking there because of the culture. So, and you know, we're as fans, we're we're getting, we're reaping the benefit of this, man. There's a lot of shit we can still awesome. complain about the product, but this just takes it to a whole different level. Very exciting. So that was as much as much positive news we could bring to the table this week. Um I was extremely excited that Dark Side of the Ring Season 3 Part 2, or Part 2, was starting up this past Thursday. I mean, come on, it's been a solid year of how much we have talked about how awesome this show is. Did it just reach a peak where maybe it went too far or do you agree with it? Like, I'm dying. You and I barely have spoke about this. I only said, did you watch it? And you said, fuck yeah. Okay, good good to know. I have everything listed out. But as it is, the plane ride from hell. I got to hear your thoughts, man. Go ahead. Uninterrupted, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put a bet on that one. Uh, yeah, so a little quick little shout out. Uh, the first half of season three is now on Hulu. Uh, I found that out, which was nice. I didn't. I missed a couple episodes, so I got to get caught up on that. Very awesome. I like that they published them that quickly. Uh, moving on to uh, the episode, I'm amazed that they got uh, one of the flight attendants. Uh, I'm amazed. Um, there's actually more shit. Not to, one. The flight attendant. The, you want to call the it flight it, attendant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's uh, there's more news that kind of came out that I heard briefly. I don't have too much insight on. We'll get there when we get there. Um, uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, some of the shit, uh, yeah, it, it it seems like it wasn't just, you know, a fucked up event. It was, like, kind of traumatizing for some people. Uh, and there was some real-life shit going on, too. Uh, the most impressive thing to me, and I don't know if impressive is the right word, but it is still pretty fucking impressive. They got delayed on the tarmac, and before they even took off, they went through three booze carts. Three. I don't even know where that. Where do you get that? Do you go underneath to get like the extra booze? Like, I like. No, they had to have one. They weren't even out from the concourse. They had to bring it out from the con. We let out from the concourse and then lift it up into the plane. Yeah, and these weren't your minis that you get on your regular flight. Oh, no, full these bottles. Were full full bottles. Yeah. Yep. Because they just started. And guys were themselves. also uh, using GHB, which was a pretty big thing um, at that point. 
Halcyon. And come on, every one of these guys are on some form of a, a painkiller because of what they do for a living. So you got whether it's Oxy, Perks, things like that. Everybody's on, not everybody, but a good chunk of them are on Pels as it is. So two drinks already, you're going to be making some bad decisions. Do you want me to run down the list of everything or just just run it down? I'll jump in where I... <laughs> All right. So let's first talk, you know, we always have on Dark Side of the Ring, you have multiple uh, talkers, people who are there reliving the story in any way. Kind of like Aunt Linda for Brian Pillman's. Um, JR, Tommy Dreamer, one guy who was just incredible. Sorry. Mike Kyoto, I love when you shake your head at that. Uh, and RVD. And, of course, narrated as it has been for the last, I think, full uh, couple of seasons now, season Chris, Jericho. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Jericho. Um, all right, let's go down the, the, the list here. One other person that talks is Heidi. She is the flight attendant. I'm t- calling her by name. If she didn't have... As many stories as she had or encounters, I would have been like, so the flight attendant, you really have a feel for this lady at the end, before the end of this episode, maybe even like 20 minutes in, you're like, dear God, she's going to need counseling. Um, And I don't mean that in any sarcastic way. I'm Everything I'm talking about right now, I'm extremely serious with because I think a lot of these guys, uh, look at man, they're assholes and they went way too far. You and I have gotten drunk. We've gotten really messed up. We've gotten keyed up on any other type of thing you can maybe think of. If Not all of them, but you know what I'm saying? Like, And we've never gone as far as some of the shit that we watched in this episode. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Let's start with, first, you got Mr. Prankster himself. Mr. Perfect, he goes to a sleeping Brock Lesnar with a handful of shaving cream and just pops him on top of his head. And you want to talk about a beast. Apparently he ran after him like a beast and they started fighting in the aisle way. And it's funny how some encounters they're like, it was really scary. It looked really bad. And then JR's like, yeah, they're play fighting in the aisle. I'm like, which one was it? They go into the door, which is a scary thing. Cause it, you know, it is the emergency exit. However, for that to open at that altitude and speed, not going to happen, but it still was enough where, it's scary. So I'd be freaked Here the fuck is, out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Here is the issue, especially with the weight of the two guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mr. Perfect was not a small guy. My question is this. Did you notice that the story was only basically Brock Lesnar was beating the shit out of Perfect, or he had the upper hand on Perfect? But I've heard Perfect announce... Multiple times, I'm the guy that took Brock Lesnar down at 30,000 feet or whatever it is. So I'm like, I, I wonder, but you can't ask the dead, and I don't mean that in a dickish way. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, what? We could just say this, and it's all right. I'm going to fast forward to Brock Lesnar because you want to talk about you can't ask the dead. You could ask the living some questions if you need to. Terry Reynolds, Marlena. She said, and we'll get to her in a couple minutes, but she said that Brock Lesnar had flashed her one time, called her into a spot in the locker room. Dustin was in there. Don't sell it. He flashed. Don't sell it. Yep. 
told her don't sell it and and she didn't she went back to her locker room and never really uh it was on that tour yeah exactly but also on this tour Bradshaw had a match with X-Pac in which he was busted open. And while he is asleep, this is a dick thing to do to someone, man. And you hear some of the guys, they're saying that, yeah, you had to sleep with sunglasses on because you didn't know if you should mess with the person or not. Because if they're asleep, yeah, mess with them. Bradshaw was sleeping. Michael P.S. Hayes, Doc Hendricks. Had the night off from hawking merchandise and was really messed up. And people said, like, this is the worst they'd ever seen of him. Now, there's some one thing they didn't put out there on this in, in Dark Side of the Ring that I had heard from multiple sources and multiple different wrestlers and shoots. He attempted to piss on Linda McMahon, apparently. He got close to where he was just going to go and, like, piss right in front of her on her something like that while she was sleeping just throwing that out there not sure if that report's real or not but there there's that anyway he walks up to bradshaw and just pops him right on the stitches or head or on the head where the bandage was i'm not sure if it was stitched or not but makes him bust it open and JBL stands up and gives him, he, he said, what did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> he knocked out Doc Hendricks with a slap to the face. And while he was knocked out, crowd starts chanting. And X-Pac grabs a pair of scissors and cuts off Doc's infamous mullet, ponytail, whatever it is. Holy shit. And they said, like, it was like a championship win pop. Like, everyone popped on the, <laughs> the airplane. That's hysterical. <laughs> a championship-type win pop for cutting someone's hair. Then, this is the second time that Terry was told to no-sell uh, no something because while she was sitting there, Dustin gets on the PA microphone and starts singing a David Allen Coe song. And when you hear the words, it's basically, I love you, I miss you, you're my everything, or whatever you want to call it, to, to Terry. And Paul Paul Heyman looks over at her and says, no, sell it. Being like, don't react. Don't be like, you're being an asshole, blah, blah, because they're divorced at this time. And he's clearly not in the best uh, frame of mind. Dustin comes up again in a little bit. A couple of times. Uh, just when you think, okay, everything has calmed down. This poor flight attendant, Heidi, had to ask, ter or ask uh, Dustin to sit down. She just got right near the middle of two fucking rhinos fighting with each other in the middle of a plane and hitting the door. So... She's already having easily the worst day of her life ever as a flight attendant. By the way, this is a sports jet. It's all first-class seating, and they deal with teams, uh, sports-type things all the time. So not her first rodeo with celebrities. This is a first, all this stuff. And the next one to follow is absolutely the worst. 
I am entirely shocked. If you can't tell me, I'm sorry. Look at man. Um, and people are like, yeah, that was just one time. It's not the only. It was the first time you got caught. Flair took his robe off, and everybody said, as he was always known to do. Or not his robe, I'm sorry. He took all of his clothes off and put on his robe. And, okay, this is not funny, but the only thing that was kind of funny is she goes, and he came at me with his cape. And I just thought it was kind of funny she called the robe a cape. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it was, a, but either way. Well, it's pretty um, flamboyant. And I, I could I could see mistaking yeah. it for a cape. No, I know. It was like, but I was like, this is not a superhero for sure. Um, but, and he starts helicopter twirling his manhood all over everybody at the plane and especially to this flight attendant and has her cornered for what each person has talked about like minutes. It was not like 30 seconds and he was like, come on, come on, come on. Nothing moved out of the way. Not saying any of that would have been fair, but I'm just saying, or fine. I just mean more of like, he's there for a long fucking time. And that's right. scary for her. And asked her to grab him. He asked her. She refused, but he grabbed her hand and did it anyway. Wow. And again, sorry, don't mean to be a dick. It's not your first time, man. It was the first time you got caught. The way you act, the way you style, profile, all that shit, and... I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if it's if this is account number one of many that are now going to come out, and we're already getting lash follow lashing followings from this episode alone. So we'll get into that soon. Tommy Dreamer is the one that makes the comments on this. Basically, you know, it was Flair. We only was joking around, but. Obviously, you know, somebody took offense to it. Very insensitive comments. And we'll get back to that in a minute. This poor motherfucking flight attendant. When you thought her day was over. Now they are landing or have landed or about to land. And she's trying to wake up a passed out Scott Hall who wakes up and immediately pulls her by her shirt and tells her, I want to lick you and starts doing so. And then he just passes the fuck out. Oh, my God. And then Justin Incredible had to wheel Scott Hall through the airport with a pair of sunglasses on. He said Vince was standing there pissed off or Jr. one of them like really, you know, mad. And the next day, not only was the ponytail hanging in a baggie next to the roster lineup for the day's matches or whatever by X-Pac, but they also dealt out some firings. Dustin was one of them to make a example because not only his little singing and dancing routine, he also apparently was spitting all of his chew in the back of a seat. Yep. <laughs> And, well, he did get a little saving grace by the flight attendant. She said he, he came over and stopped Flair. She goes, and, you know, and he didn't give me a hard time at the microphone. So she goes, I'm not, so I'm not mad at him. Like, she kind of like was, was hinting, being like, he was yeah, at least she, my worries for the day. Yeah, she was pissed off when he took the PA, but this kind of redeemed him a little bit. I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, 
A lot of people get fired for this shit, man. Hennig? Kurt Henning, yeah. And, and everybody believed that he would be back in the organization, but he died only like six months later after this thing. Uh, X-Pac was let go as well. But Ric Flair was not. Yep. And Jim Ross said he should have been. I don't know. I mean, there's and he even said there's one man that gets to say. So it's Jim Roska said Flair's got to go. He ain't taking him out. Lesnar did even get in trouble. And now let's talk about Lesnar right now. In the thing, it says we reached out to Brock Lesnar about Terry's comment. No response. Yeah, of course. Now, do you think it's okay for WWE? You you fired Enzo on an allegation from a girl. Someone that's actually worked with you is telling you you should be able to take Terry at her word, right? That you know her. You took a random person at their word about Enzo and fired him on the spot. You can't tell me this isn't a fireable offense for Brock Lesnar. Or because why I say that, Brock Lesnar did that. Tommy Dreamer didn't even show a body part. He all he he didn't even say yeah it's cool that he Flair was callous did it. He, with his remarks. Yes, and it it was not even callous. I think he was ignorant as well as to how he was saying it. He didn't real. I don't think he mean like when he's like well, obviously someone took offense to it. I don't think he meant it in a shitty way as much. I think he kind of meant like it went too far or it could have been. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes there's a lot of different things on the cutting room floor. Who knows how he could have sure. said it? And they. Uh, I'm just saying, for all the things that Tommy's done throughout the years, never heard a bad word about him. No one's ever said a bad thing about Tommy Dreamer up until this thing. But why I'm saying all of this, Impact Wrestling lets him go. Did they let him go? I thought they suspended him. him. They suspended him. They suspended him. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, how is he, how is Lesnar not getting canceled is the word that's going around. But the other person, you think this is the first for Ric Flair? You think this is the first of many? Or do you think, does he even get canceled in any way? He already has. His, uh, he did, uh, he was doing, what was it, Car Shield commercials? They've stopped that. Yeah, they, they've cut him off. So, yeah, it's already okay. starting. And there was, I, I heard there was reason that Andrade just recently dumped Chavo Guerrero Jr. as his manager because they were going to eventually be bringing in Flair. Oof. I don't think that's happening now. I don't think so either. You know, speaking of insensitive things, we got I, I do got to quickly say, did you see Max Caster came back? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was the go to sensitivity training and come back. Hey, you know what, though? The Sammy Guevara. I like that. Yeah, and you know what? I like Sammy. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't have any issues with him. He did his time. He owned up to it, apologized the right way, and good. Flair, if any, if everybody just keeps going, I have no recollection of that. I have no recollection of that. It's not a good enough answer, man. Yeah. That's not a good enough answer. I don't care. If you were completely blacked out and someone said you did that, then go, I have no recollection of it, but I take full responsibility and full blame. Because if others are saying it, I mean, they, there's like five different stories of everybody being like, hey, he was flinging his dick around and, he, and grabbing the lady. Dude, just listening to her talk, 
want to give her a fucking hug. I felt bad for her, dude. I was like, this poor lady. And she said something that most people wouldn't think about, man. Do you know that that could break up? And this has nothing to do with wrestling, but that could break up a marriage of him, of just like how she said, you know, the husband would be like, well, what did you do that made him want to do that? Because there's right. those guys out there, right? There I'm are. like, yep. there. that's some really fucked up shit, man. And it's a very hard uh, episode to swallow. And then I'm, I'm coming to find out that apparently this isn't the only time this season that Flair is going to be in trouble about some things. Apparently there's some other things that are going to be coming to light. But let me ask you this question. Did Dark Side of the Ring creators, Jericho included with narration, didn't did they all know? Be like, yes, it's going to ruin that person's career. Are you asking if they did it because they wanted to ruin their careers no, or did they no. just do you or think are you asking if they, got they, done? If, they, if they thought about how this could potentially impact certain people's careers? Sure. The, the latter of the two, not the first. I don't think that they did it with any intent of trying to uh Right. Yeah. Um man, that's a really good question. I mean, listen, I I don't know. I mean, this is this can't be the first time that they've, you know, as documentarians that they've been like, you know, if we do this, people are going to hate this person. You know what I mean? I mean, fuck, look at WWE's uh, Macho Man documentary where they pretty much just shit all over him. Yeah. Right? And they did that with somebody dead, obviously. But um, I'm sure they were aware that some, some of these things were not going to make people look good. But in the end, they're here to tell a story, you know, as truthful as they can. So it's... It's crazy that Tommy Dreamer got canceled. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to like stand up for him in any way. It's more of like he's getting canceled, but Lesnar's not. Kiss my ass. That's so sorry, man. And it's nothing against my love or hate for Lesnar. I just think it's messed up. But one thing that you could say positively that came out from this is that look at the crop of wrestlers that you got now today. You, you know, when Cena took over the locker room after, it was a clean mentality. And everybody can make fun of it. Oh, back in our days, we everybody was all doing drugs, and now you guys are all playing video games. Yeah, well, guess what? They're all keeping their jobs. They're not assaulting people. You know, I mean, when you kind of look at it, yeah, maybe Seth Rollins is a dork for sitting and playing video games all day. But he's not being accused of shit. Well, anymore he did at one point actually. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's that was his ex girlfriend. Uh, it's it's all very very sketchy. Is that the word I can go with? You know, the, the whole thing is very sketchy. I thought I was just excited to hear some really cool instances, and I walked away being like, "Oh my god, I feel like an accessory to rape by just watching that episode, listening to this shit." Like I feel like I, I want to turn someone in. Jesus, it was a messed up episode, man. That's all I want to say. Yeah, it was insane. Because, uh, I mean, we, we we knew some of the stories, but to a certain level. And, uh, you know, uh, she was even talking about, Heidi was talking about, you know, she refused to clean the airplane because, yeah, Dustin had been spitting his chew into the fucking backseat pocket. They said, they said there was puke and piss all, puke, yeah. all over the place. You know, it was just... It was a shit show, man. Now, one of the things that I heard about was uh, Evan Husney and, you know, the, uh, one of the creators of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, they were talking about, you know, multiple people were talking about Vince being on the plane. Now there seems to be some question if Vince was even actually on that flight. Oh, he was on that flight. He's just never going to because it was said by multiple people. He was on that flight, not even just in that. I'm saying other shoot interviews. If you go back to kayfabe commentary, some of the things that people talk about. Nash is on the flight, just didn't, he wasn't an asshole. Taker was on the flight, 
just didn't get involved. Who knows, man? He could have had phones uh, and he stuff going on. The, he was sleeping. sitting in the front with Vince. There you go. Yeah, like Terry, she didn't want to sit with the boys. She sat up at the front with Vince. That's the point. And I'm like, but you can't tell me you didn't hear any of this. I mean, the flight's loud, but I mean, like, everybody cheering a loud pop for the hair. Wouldn't he be like, go check on it? Jim Ross was sent back there. Vince is more like a nobody say that I was there. It's the whole thing's weird, man. There's a lot more stories are gonna be coming out from this thing, I'm telling you. You know what one of my favorite things to do each week is? Bring something to the table. And this week, I got a little something for you. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! Well, now I bring all sorts of pluses to the table. I hardly ever bluff, and I never, ever cheat. Worked for the table this week. Hey, ODM, why don't you tell me, what do you have to bring to the table this week? Because I can't say that mine's going to be what I would call the word positive. So maybe you have some uplifting (laughs) uplifting things you want to say. Yeah, not a lot of positives for you there. Uh, One thing I'm going to tell you right now, uh, kayfabe uh, listeners, uh, your video feed's cutting out. I can barely hear what the fuck you're saying. That actually might be a good thing, though. Um, So my bring it to the table is... <laughs> Good to See, know. With the lag, I just got the fucking reaction. My bring it to the table is uh referenced it earlier. I took Big E first overall in our IFW, which is our Ronda Quay Fantasy Wrestling League. And uh yeah, man, ODM's in first place, crushing it. Uh fucking doing great. Uh apparently uh Professor though, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's really all my bring it to the table is I'm kicking ass, I'm gonna win that fucking title belt, and I can't wait to fucking shove it in his face right on this fucking podcast. It's gonna be great. You like that, don't you, bitch? Do you wanna tell the listeners how you found out about this thing? How'd you find out about the draft? From my cousin. Me. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> me too. But there are eight. Ten? Ten combatants, I think, in this uh, draft. See, si, correcto. And I am in dead last. <laughs> I thought I was smart by drafting not only Jimmy Uso, but Jay Uso. I'm like, they're going to win tag matches. They're the tag team champions. They defend it, and psh, shit. It's like 40 points right there, baby. They've defended the title like three times over the last several weeks and lose every time to the street profits or private profits, whatever they are. Via and DQ, yep. Via D- yeah, DQ, count out. I'm like, oh, my God. Now they're going to go to extreme rules where there's no rules. And I go, and that's where they're going to lose the goddamn titles. Oh, my God. I really could not have picked the worst people possible now you mean some people if they lost like someone lost the Miz to dancing with the stars uh you know some people have been Adam released or got injured yep. yeah exactly but you know it is what it is i really wish we had put aew in this game at some point but maybe next season so yeah, yeah i'm not doing too, too well crazy. but that's not what i wanted to bring to the table this week man you know what i want to bring to the table the unfortunately most talked about segment from NXT. Indy Hartwell marrying 
Dexter Loomis. I almost said Sam Shaw. I forgot his name. Yeah, is Dexter right. <laughs> um, it's already crap to me. It's already crap. I've been having a mm-hmm. bad couple of fucking days with work. You know, hey, they even do it in this movie. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, I but know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you even hear the. Um, bad couple of days at work and night when it just caught me at a time where I felt like being a very big sarcastic asshole but he messages the other days guys can you believe when's the last time that they did a wedding and it didn't end in a bad way wasn't that cool the fuck are you talking about there was wrestling there was all these other things and you're worrying about weddings are you serious is that what you just brought up? And he goes, I'm just saying, do you get my point? No, 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 I don't. I don't get your point, man. And he goes, tell me the last time that it went off with no problem. All right, fine, Macho Liz. Can we go back to talking about wrestling now? Well, well, <laughs> the reception. It well, minus well. the Cobra Snake at the reception. It's just, I don't know. I was like, I don't care. My point to this is not to bust your balls yes. in my entire segment, Nightwing. My Post or my 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 point in this is, I've never been a fan of weddings. I know that it's going to end in an angle. I know it'll be funny, like Kane coming up from under the the mat one time, or AJ Lee becoming the general manager and leaving Daniel Bryan at the altar. I mean, there were some cool angles that were like, okay, yeah, uh, nice. That's how you pull it off. Okay. Jesus, dude. <laughs> the best one actually was Billy and Chuck on SmackDown. Because at the end, they were like, and I now pronounce, and he goes, these two men who are lovers, and they go, whoa, 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 we're not gay. We just want to be partners for life, man. Like, <laughs> But then it ends up being Eric Bischoff is the uh, the pastor the whole time who was talking like a 90-year-old stuttering drunk man. It was amazing. Um, they're funny, but it's nothing I ever look forward to. No. And I, anytime they go, it, there's a wedding angle, I'm like, yeah, I'll read about it. Especially now. I don't care. Anything yeah. now is just cringe. So I'm sorry. It wasn't just to bust your balls, Nightwing. And you can give me some shit if you want next week because he is back next week talking about, well, his good shit of the week. And we're actually going to hear a little bit from him a little bit later on. But first, before we even get into... Our top topic of the week, which is, again, belt straps, titles, titties, or t- titles. Stra- hey, Mounts, go to Monday Night War. Bleep, 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 bleep. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell Yeah. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! Oh, yeah! 
It was Mind Games, WWF, their pay-per-view, and this was on September 22nd, 25 years ago. And, well, you had a, 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 a free-for-all match that was Marty Jannetty and Savio Vega having a match, but then Justin Hawk Bradshaw comes out and jumps Savio Vega, and they end up having a strap match. To open up the actual pay-per-view. I know I just I just realized I just took the notes and just started running with it, but yeah, I'm diving hey. in, man. I'm, okay, cool. There we go. Run some fun um, on it. Savio Vega wins as Bradshaw pulls him into the final buckle uh, where you have to cu- uh, touch all four turnbuckles. I thought it was a cool ending. I like that. Um, The next match... Was Jose Lothario taking on the Kool Aid Man? Oh, I'm sorry, Jim Cornette. Dude, he looked like the Kool Aid Man with the big giant red shirt, the big belly, and then the black pants on the bottom. I was like, this is horrible. Who was it? But what was uh, more horrible was the match itself. JR said it looked like he was wearing some of Yokozuna's old trunks and they were a little snug on him. <laughs> Oh, JR. Wow, we're going to talk a lot about JR this week. Oh, boy. Are we? Are we? Are we? Um, But Jose Lothario gets the win with an uppercut. Backstage, Doc Hendricks, mullet and all. He's talking with Savio Vega because he was jumped by Diesel and Razor in the hallway. Weird. I thought they were on WCW, but I guess they're back in WWF already. Well, okay. we'll get there, <laughs> dude. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, up next, Brian Pillman comes to the ring, and we have a, a video um, from Bert Hart. Oh, it's Brett, not Bert. It's Brett. Uh, Brett Hart saying that Brian Pillman is a liar. I never said I was going to be at this pay per view. Out comes Owen Hart, and he's saying he has patched stuff up with his brother, Bert, and which is great because they end up, you know, patching things up down the road. But I, I do like that they're starting to hint towards him coming back because the next segment is Steve Austin on commentary, and he says that I, I had to double check on how he says this. Bret Hart, he's not a chicken. He's the slimy substance that comes out of the back end of the chicken. That's a good line, man. My, my, and if you put the letter yeah, S in front yeah. of the hitman, you have my exact thoughts of him. It's a famous. That's a famous line right there. This is. We're starting to go full tilt. This is the launching point. Everybody says King of the Ring. Yes, it was King of the Ring that started making people pay attention. But now is when he really kind of really took Brett control. coming back for for him to get his, uh, for Austin to really get momentum and heat. Because for any who, anybody who's a loving Bret Hart fan, you're like, ah, dude, I mean, like, I want to cheer you, Steve, but I mean, Bret's my boy. Let's not talk about him like that. That's at least how I was. Um, But, you know, you want to talk about setting things up for the future? We haven't seen... Austin 316 versus Pillman 9mm Glock. But Pillman's wearing the shirt in the <laughs> ring that says, I don't call 911, and it has a revolver right there in the middle of the shirt. And I go, wow, we haven't even gotten to that part yet, and he's already letting people know he's going to shoot you. 
Awesome. Uh, In our next match, Owen Hart and the Bulldog defeat the Smoking Guns for the tag team titles. And in a weird thing, because Owen and Bulldog are heels, they do a face-type move by messing up Sonny's poster yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. And it, they have their signature on there. It, it was it was just kind of weird, you know. But, but, you know, I'll tell you, Sonny, man, it, it, after after you is ugly, ugly Sonny. You know, when, when she was born, she came out backwards and no one noticed. Hell, when she was little, her parents had to tie a pork chop around her so the dog would play with her. When she's making love, she has to pretend she's somebody else. Sorry, I didn't know where else I was going to shoehorn that one in there, and I figured Sonny was the best one to talk about with how she looks nowadays. Okay. Boo! (laughs) Whatever. Not all of them are (laughs) A-plus quotes. All right, man. I have to bring it back every now and then. But the next match was... Man, this whole pay-per-view is pretty goddamn craptastic. Let me just say that. But... Um, we get Mark Henry versus Jerry Lawler. Mark Henry's very first WWF match. He beats Jerry Lawler. Meh. Because Mark can't work for shit right now. This is not your pink salmon colored, I'm retiring Mark Henry. This is, I just, he is, who's the guy? Uh, Gable Stevenson. Gabe Steve. Yeah, that's who he is. That they, it's like they just put him on a pay-per-view and said, here, why don't you fight a wrestler and hold him in a bunch of different ways. Don't do any power slams. Just hold him, making it look like you're squeezing him, and then you'll get the win. Pretty much. In the next match, it was a final curtain match between Undertaker and Goldust. Undertaker ends the feud, becoming victorious over Goldust. The most talked about match ever from this show because the whole pay-per-view is not great i mean you do have some new tag champs you have a strap match but really it wasn't one of the best pay-per-views i'd ever watched no. i was more like just kind of going through the motions of having to watch this one rather than being excited mm. but the match that everybody talks about is what the main event was wwf champion Shawn michaels defending against mankind do you want to break down what happened at the end yeah, so this was, and we've seen this actually in the last couple in your houses at the very least, if not all the pay-per-views where WWF is shoehorning their top three storylines into one main event match, basically. Uh, very long match, uh, teasing the mandible claw, a lot of chair shots. There was a table spot in this one. Uh, ultimately, uh, what I thought was a cool spot, you know, it didn't look as flawless, but I mean, it's hard to make it look flawless. So I thought it was cool. Mankind has a chair as he's trying to get to the top turnbuckle. There's a chair standing up. HBK launches himself, super kicks Mankind through the chair, which knocks him off, goes for the pin. Vader comes down, interferes. It's a, schma- it's a schmaz. Um, but uh, HBK is able to knock Vader out of the ring. Sid comes down, so we've got that feud going. For some reason, Paul Bearer and Mankind brought a casket down with them. Uh, Bearer opens up the casket after Mankind gets HBK in the mandible claw. And who's in the casket but The Undertaker? The look on Bearer's face, I'm going to try to get that screen grab. That's a good one because they showed it on Raw. That's a blurry. good one. <laughs> that was a really good one. Uh, so uh, they fight off to the back. And then, yeah, we've got uh, HBK kind of just sitting there at the end like, 
Huh. Uh, McMahon actually congratulates HBK, and then he has another awkward stare down with Perfect. Like, you, we already know you didn't ever gave us this. Why are you teasing us with it? Such a tease. Every time I see it, I'm like, yeah. What could have been? you didn't do anything. Why yeah. are you even doing yeah. it? And he could have wrestled. You know damn well he still could have wrestled. He took down Brock Lesnar yeah. years later. <laughs> All right. Well, and that's how, how the pay-per-view ends. Raw, I got to say, was pretty, uh, probably one of the more entertaining Raws I think I've watched in a while. Um, I, I liked this episode. There's a lot to talk about. Why don't you run down the episode? <sighs> okay. Hey, I just got to make a quick shout out, by the way. Kudos to both of us. We don't ever plan out what we're going to wear to a podcast since we're both just, you know, talking <laughs> yeah. over the phone. But, man, we're both wearing Buffalo Bills stuff today. Yeah. Oh, Bills. Can't All imagine. right. Monday Night Raw, the 23rd, 96. All right. Razor, uh, we get a little recap of Razor and Diesel showing up at Mind Games last night. Uh, Mr. Perfect's in the ring for the Intercontinental Championship Finals. Uh, we got Pat Patterson as the ref. It's for Rook with Sonny versus Mark Mero with Sable. Uh, it's fucked up because they have the Buried Alive tombstone because they're hyping the first Buried Alive match ever. Uh, so the tombstone's just sitting in the middle of the entranceway. You have to walk around it. Interesting. Um, yeah, Sonny ends up bringing a purse with a brick in it. Uh, it ends up in Farouk's hand. He tries to use it. Mero reverses, and he gets the win with a shooting star press. The thing that pisses me off is that it took him like five minutes to get him set up for the shooting star press after he hit him with the purse. Like, bro, either yep. hit it from where you're at or don't hit it at all. Just get on with it. You're stupid for taking that much time. Um, JR and Mr. Perfect get in the ring afterwards. Uh, Mark Merrill would like to thank, first of all, the almighty Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know who that is, but he must have been really important in his life. Uh, then he thanks the fans, and then, of course, he thanks Sable. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> and then, ah, Jesus, I like him very much. Uh, and then, hey, you know what? My old pappy used to say there's no more deeply satisfying religious experience than cheating on a cheater. Yep. Uh, and then he thanks Mr. Perfect, which I was like, okay, that's kind of out of nowhere. But uh, yeah. And then uh, we got uh, somebody trying to get into Razor and Diesel's locker room. The door opens. You see Razor's vest and Razor just kind of backhands the door shut. So that's all you really see um, for now. It's got to be him. <laughs> um I don't remember this at all and god damn it like it's just a train wreck. Hmm. Like, I know it's going to be hideous and I shouldn't look but I'm going to look. Um Vince, I remember it and I'm so excited. Vince McMahon does an exco- exposé segment on Jeff Jarrett's song <laughs> With My Baby Tonight. And they're going Spending to be- my days working hard <laughs> I'm on sure go but the hand on the clock Keep spinning too slow. He says that Nashville. I can't re- wait to be alone with my baby tonight. <laughs> Vince says Nashville rejected him as a singer and a wrestler and makes a Millie Vanilli joke and says the real person who sang the song will be on Raw next week. He did do a pretty shitty job of lip syncing that. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to get that bombshell. I can't wait. Uh, you know who it is, right? I don't remember. No. <laughs> Oh, you don't? No. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, wait a minute. I'm so excited. Isn't it? Uh... No, don't say it. Don't say it. They, maybe the listener doesn't okay. remember. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Anyway. That's hysterical. Yeah. No, honestly, but it's funny because they first start showing Double J versus uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Shawn Michaels from In Your House. And yeah. I go, 
wait, what fucking year are we watching right now? I thought we were in 96. <laughs> like, as soon as they start showing that, I go, why? And I go, that's not like the WWE. You go, last year this happened. You get two weeks ago at best. They don't. They have very short-term memory. memory. Oh, so yeah, I was surprised do. that that's what they were doing. But, yeah, and they show uh, Road Dog helping, or but not helping, accidentally screwing uh, Double J out of the title and him winning. But then... On that same night was when he sang with my baby tonight. So it's just right. it's it's a very like I said, I'm like, we're going back a whole year and we're really talking crap about double J and he doesn't even work for the company. Cool, let's do this. <laughs> uh yeah, so we get the body down as versus Owen and Bulldog, uh, with Clarence Mason. Uh Mason's on commentary and Cornette basically cuts a promo on Mason saying, you know, I asked for your legal counsel, you end up stealing my tag team. Uh and Owen wins with the sharpshooter. So not much to say there. Uh, we get a little bit of recap of uh, the main event from Mind Games. Uh, they do a taker promo for the Buried Alive match. They're pushing that as the first unsanctioned match ever in WWF. Uh, let's see. Uh, JR is going to talk with Diesel and Razor later in the evening. I can't believe they're pulling double duty because I know that they're going to be headlining on Nitro, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, well, again, we'll get to there because I've got comments and I don't know. Yeah, uh, next was match of the night. It was Triple H versus the Stalker. Uh, Wait, really? before you get there, I'm not sure if your version has what my version has, but they have the Crash Bandicoot Slam of the oh, Week, which yeah. was which was the the Shawn Michaels hitting Mankind. Yep. But just a shout out to Crash Bandicoot. What a good game, man. That's I, I saw that and I go, oh, I'd like to play that game right now. Oh, I got to finish watching Raw. Okay. So uh, because the well, truth no, is, that we'll I go. got a one track mind, but it's hard to concentrate with a girl like mine. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. Oh, yeah, I know all the lyrics. Go ahead. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> you know, I was going to go on the tangent and then you interrupted me on that, too, and started singing the song. So now I don't even know where the fuck to pick up from. I think it was Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, no, we're not going there. We're done with it. You, you lost the opportunity. Did they have to do? Was it? Was it the stalker? Triple H versus the stalker. Austin's on commentary. It's basically them just setting up the Brett match. Uh, Triple H looks like a complete moron during this one. Uh, perfect comes. Stalker inside. is Barry Windham, by the way. What's that? Ah, yes, Barry Windham. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, perfect comes out and distracts Triple H and gives the stalker the advantage, and they immediately cut to a commercial, only so they could come back and do the same thing again. And Stalker gets the win. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Next, JR basically just cuts a long-winded promo trying to cover up the fart in a church that is about to occur. Um, yeah, so back uh, when we were, when they first started talking about this, you made a very interesting point, and I don't know if you did it on purpose and I just missed it, or if not. Uh, Ross has been saying that Diesel and Razor Ramon, the bad guy, are returning. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon says, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash aren't coming back from what I know. So neither of them were lying. Subtle. It's it's showing you now how much WWE owns the likeliness of names. Yeah. This is starting to really come into effect. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Razor comes out and commentary immediately goes, that's not Razor. And then... As he's doing his vocal impersonation of Razor, which, oof, uh, he gets attacked by... Even I could do better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Savio Vega comes out and attacks him, and they go off the air. 
And it's Rick Bogner. That's the uh, – he's actually – he just passed away, I think, last year. Rick Boogs. Um, <laughs> uh Okay. He, Jr. also, we got to talk about this. This is like one of his hardest heel promos because oh, yeah. they're trying to make him a heel guy. And he's saying that I was a renowned announcer and then I came to work for the WWF. And in 1993, my first day, they put me in a damn toga because it was WrestleMania 9. I remember that too. And then he has his bout with Bell's Palsy. And he even says that, and he's like, do you think I like this? Do you think my – going through the whole thing. You know, kind of like our uh, hidden track. Um, you want to hear a funny story? So, you know how, like, nowadays we have the internet. Yeah, like, you could rewind raw. You could hear what someone says. Mm-hmm. 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 He said he had Bell's palsy. Finished raw. Next day. Went to school. Came home, we're eating dinner, and I asked my mom, have you ever heard of Balls Ballsy? She goes, what? And I go, Balls Ballsy. My mind kind of set in weird ways over the, the day or so and mixed some weird re- letters around, and I go, what's Balls Ballsy? And she goes, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Come to find out, it was Bell's Palsy, and I was an idiot. So that ends raw, and that ends my day of me telling you how stupid I can be. Okay. Let's talk about Nitro. <laughs> Let's talk about Nitro. NWO is taking an ad out in USA Today. It's an NWO Monday Nitro, as most of the WCW roster is in Japan. Uh, we get a recap of Fall Brawl with Macho's match against the Giant, and he is the only true mainstay uh, that is there for the WCW. Uh, we see some fans earlier in the evening tearing up NWO flyers, so you can see uh, some sympathy for WCW there. Um, <laughs> this Nitro was kind of fucked up. Like there was just some Yo, weird shit. You're saying fucked up, dude? Do you have any idea how many times I had to cross things out on this sheet <laughs> for good reasons? You'll know why once you start talking. But I'm like, oh my god, this thing is a mess because this whole show was one. <laughs> we get Taskmaster and Conan uh, versus Brad Armstrong and Juventud Guerrera. Uh, Bubba's there at ringside with the dungeon. Um, Conan hits this really sick fisherman's DDT. It was pretty nasty looking. Yeah, uh, it was cool. It was really nice, dude. He planted him hard too. It was really good looking. Um, he goes to tag in Sullivan and Sullivan says, no, stay in. Conan looks kind of confused. Hits another move, gets the same result. That allows Armstrong to be the hot tag, uh, but he ends up tagging in Sullivan eventually and they get the pin. Then Conan gets jumped by Sullivan and Bubba. And it turns out they were just beating him in like a gang initiation. They were jumping him in. Because that's what they've been doing in the dungeon all along. Everybody who's been in there, they have beaten into... Jeez, it was so stupid. Well, you know, they did lose uh, a member recently in the giant. Maybe they're like, you know, we got to start initiating guys in here. We got to beat the shit out of them. Make sure that they... Then we're going to tattoo them. Got to blood them in. Did you just say blow them in? Blood them in. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Blood them in? What the fuck is that? Oh, my God. Okay. Freudian you know, my old there. pappy used to say, uh, never sneeze wanna... when you hide, never smile when you lie, and under no circumstances, blow them in. 
Touche. Tanae is backstage with Macho. Macho has another good promo. Uh, we then get Mike Enos versus Chris Jericho. His music is fucking awful and great at the same time. I love it. Um, I didn't know Mike Eno stayed around this long in WCW. Me neither. It I would have like... thought just enough for that Scott Hall opening thing that we saw, and that was it. But he's been on Nitro every week. <laughs> yeah, not doing much. Uh, Jericho does what he can to make the match entertaining. It seemed to go too long for me. Uh, and Jericho got the win on an ugly reversal. So there's that. Uh, next week, Glacier versus Pat Tanaka. Tanaka's still using Goldberg's music. Yeah. Uh, and Glacier wins with a nice spinning heel kick. Uh, again, I think the entrance... And the post-match uh, posing lasted longer than the actual match. What was the guy's name on Mortal Kombat? That's what we got to start calling. Sub-Zero? Was it? Sub-Zero. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Freeze. I'm like, no, that's that's, that's Batman. Batman. I know. it. <laughs> cool. Sub-Zero takes the win. Yeah, yeah. Against a guy using Goldberg's eventual theme. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Uh, Matt Gaffari, who's an Olympic wrestler, is in attendance. I guess they're trying to follow that Mark Henry thing. I, maybe. I don't know. Um, next. Next. Public Nasties. Nasty Enemies versus Harlem Heat for the tag titles. Uh, Harlem Heat's going to be defending the titles at Halloween Havoc against the Outsiders. Uh, they flash back uh, to the back. Uh, NWO's limo's there. Stang is still there. Um <laughs> There's a very sloppy small package. Nick Patrick's the ref. And gives the win to fucking public enemy. And the only other thing that I wrote is, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, the only way I could look at this is if the outsiders are the ones that are going to be doing it. You don't want to make Heat look uh, bad, but you made him look bad to public enemy? Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Good stuff. Um, I don't know. Have you bought a couple of the 2K games over the last couple of years? Maybe not the last two years, but maybe years prior. I think 19 might be the last one that we bought. Greg Valentine came out to a song that's on 2K. I can't figure out what it is, man. But in the next match, Greg Valentine came out to a song that I go, that's on the on one of the... Uh, the games that I have, I'm like, I've I'm not heard, sure I've heard it. Greg Valentine's. I remember when the first time he came out, I said his music's actually pretty badass, but I don't recognize it from the game. Now, as I'm hearing it, I, well, this one, I'm not sure if it's the same one every time, but it kind of, oh, yeah. Okay. Either way. Uh, but, oh my God. It, who does he fight? Savage. Because hour two. Hey man, they got, yeah, both of them. It's hour two. You got chemistry. You guys could do it. Go for it. Boom. Yep. Not much. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, the, the, the meat of this uh, macho goes nuts, hits Valentine with a chair off the top, gets DQ, and that's when NWO hits the ring. And uh, they do show Liz. She doesn't come to the ring this time, but you can see she looks concerned. She runs off to the back. Um, <laughs> I wrote giant on the mic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's dressed really nicely. Everybody's in the black and white uh, NWO colors. He's dressed <laughs> like he's the butler in the family. He's looking like he's at junior prom. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite part? They beat the crap out of Savage. He goes around high-fiving every NWO member and goes to give one to a laid-out Savage. He goes, well, I guess he can't give me one. <laughs> oh, that's not my favorite part. So they fill in the shine on Macho's head with spray paint. Uh, you got the cor- <laughs> oh, my God. that was ba- That's mean. You got the corner cam, and all of a sudden, out of the left side of the shot, 
giant comes in and he goes, snap into it. And he takes a bite of a Slim Jim. <laughs> I, I fucking lost it. I fucking lost it. I'm like, at least you did something. At least you redeemed yourself. If you're taking over the episode, you guys did a great job with this one because <laughs> it was a lot of comedy. And it seemed like disjointed. It didn't seem like they had it planned. It looked like they were just all over the place. Uh, outsiders run to commentary and they basically just kidnap Bischoff. Um, and then we get our new member. Vincent shows oh. up. <laughs> the head yep. of assistant to the head of security. And then they, they kind of mention they are as big as any team there is or any sport or even in NASCAR. And out comes an NWO NASCAR. Wow. Great segue, boys. <laughs> they are more Now, I don't that. understand the rest of the night. I have everything crossed out because they, nothing goes to plan anymore. I'll do my best here. Next we get, so yeah, you wonder where things are going to go. Jim Powers versus VK Wall Street. Giants, the ring announcer, does about as well as you think he would. Um, <laughs> Just about as well. <laughs> Uh, outsiders go to the ring and they attack powers. VK just gets out of the ring and walks to the back. Um, good guy ref. I never remember his name. You talk about Nick powers being the heel. And then, uh, Anderson, the ref. Anderson, he takes off his, his tie. He's like, I'm going to have no part in this, uh, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if it was a good thing. Uh, Nick Patrick comes to the ring and, and now powers is just going to take on the giant. The giant goes for a choke slam. You know, how he does like the forceful hand to the throat. He did it, and yep. Powers just took a bump. Like, Powers was just supposed to stand there, and he puts his hand to the throat, and he just falls back. Giant's like, what the fuck? Now I got to pick you up and do this again. Chop to the throat, kind of. <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah. Uh, Hogan's uh, in the back of the locker room. He's tagging the walls. Runs in the nasty boys, gives him a little rah-rah speech, and says, hey, man, we got to do business. Here's the key to my suite. He's like, you know, let's go up there. And the nasty boys go up. So there's that. Uh, next. Uh, I'm talking about something I didn't remember. Yeah, I know, right? Me neither. Uh, the next match was fucking hilarious. Jim Duggan versus Ron Studd. Ron Studd doesn't even get to the ring. Hogan's like, hey, listen, man, this is our guy right here, so we want to talk to him. And then they just beat the shit out of Stud. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be six versus Duggan. Patrick's the ref again, obviously, because it's an NWO show. Duggan no-sells everything, basically has the match in hand until Giant Choke slams him on the outside of the ring, and Six gets the pin. Pretty fucking hilarious. That's, that tells you what they think about Six at this point. Uh, next, we have Bo Ledoux versus NWO Sting. Uh, Patrick's the ref no. again, and Stang wins. No. Stang. Stang yeah, he said NWO Sting. They, they put <laughs> it up on the Chiron, so I just wanted to use it because it's the first time we've heard that used so i wanted to go fair there. enough uh next was high voltage versus the amazing french canadians holy shit i just watched the kid dynamite episode of dark side Oish. yeah oh man um uh, outsiders are on commentary as the amazing french canadians are coming to the ring and they just keep going oh they're a good tag team eh? hey oh well, how about that eh what did he say <laughs> eh uh hi yeah so the outsiders take the place of the canadians hogan's on commentary saying he wants that Punk Tyson in the ring, which is hilarious given how things unfold from here on out. Uh, in two Yossi. years, especially for Tyson going yeah. to WrestleMania. Yep. Yep. Wow. Uh, year and a half, about. Well, what's kind of crazy, though, is 
Well, at this time, let's see, 96. Oh, man, he, I think Tyson's just getting out of jail, isn't he? Probably. I don't know. I got no Probably, frame of reference for that. Uh, DiBiase's on the mic saying they want all the belts. Um, <laughs> and if for nothing else, this is why Nitro blew away WWF. At the end, they're still holding Bischoff hostage up at commentary. Everybody joins. They've all got the headsets on. Bischoff just wants to get out of there. Scott Hall turns to the Giant and goes, Hey, yo, is Giant really your dad? Or is Andre the Giant really your dad? And the Giant looks at him like, Why the fuck would you ask me that, bro? It was the fucking... It was both parts, too. It takes two to tango, and they both play their part. Because I don't know where Scott... Because everybody's talking. You don't know who the fuck to listen to. And all of a sudden, dead silence, Scott Hall. Hey, is Andre really your dad, man? <laughs> it was fucking This phenomenal. year is probably my favorite year of Razor Scott Hall of all time. That's, <laughs> he's hysterical. Oh, so scared. And all the way to... Is Andre the Giant really your dad? <laughs> oh, God. I couldn't stop laughing. But, and yeah. That's that's, so that is the cap off of our Monday Night Wars for this week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for it this week's. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene. John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. You know, my old pappy used to say there is nothing better than championship titles. I never said that. <laughs> well, you always said so much different stuff. Oh, I love that. They have the cigars at the end, and then only for Jody Foster to come back and fuck them all. The resemblance is uncanny. From the looks of thing, I'll ask the lady to bring more hot water. <laughs> you both you both kiss the same, and you both sing the same wrong words to Amazing Grace. Do not. Do not. 
it's not that much of a quotable movie, but it's such a good movie. I love it, man. Here's one for you. In the movie Body Slam, when they end up facing two local guys. One is the real skinny, skinny guy, guy, and one's the real, yeah. real big guy. Yeah. The promoter is the one that cries at the table when he loses, and he's like, <laughs> Oh, really? That's him. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, a little something. It's funny that one guy, I was like, when I was looking up all the quotes, I go, I guess that really was it. I'm like, I'm like, I thought it was like offensive, but no, his name was the Spaniard. That's what they called the one guy, the Spaniard. That was just yeah. his name. I was looking, I'm like, no name at all. I'm like, I don't want to be like, yeah, okay. So Alfred Molina, good, good movie. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and I do like the part with the uh, the Indian. It used the uh, what do you call it the the bullshit bow and arrow, and it hurts his hand. <laughs> Hello, noble savage. <laughs> Make lots of noise. <laughs> I wake up this morning. I kill everything. <laughs> I love when he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. He goes, hello, noble white man. He goes, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, next time you people come you- on, drive us off our land, I'm going to find a nice piece of swamp. So God awful. Maybe then you'll leave us the hell alone. I got to be honest, any movie I've ever seen him in after any TV show, I'm still like, it's the guy from that movie. <laughs> it's him every time. I can only see him being that part there, especially the, I got him up to $5,000. Man, he would have went for ten, Even though he went for the ten. he goes, oh, oh no, no, uh, no, that would have no. been pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> God, Make lots of noise. Movie. Make lots of noise. Wave your arms a lot. <laughs> She's a pretty one. <laughs> Uh, don't don't worry, I won't let them touch you. And he comes back with not exactly a whole man. Yeah, the hand. All right, let's talk about it, man. What my pappy talked about, which was championship titles. That's right. It's the best of titles, straps, and belts. Notice the wording in it because you can only win the WWE championship. It's not a title. It's not a belt because a belt holds your pants up and straps are something that people use in bedrooms. Well, so. No. It, <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, what are you using for? Oh, you can strap something down in your car, too. <laughs> that, too. Or something to a bet. Here we okay. go, man. Let's start talking. We decided we that we had to figure out, all right, well, what's our criteria? What are we going to talk about when it comes to this? So we made 20 different topics within this top topic, if you will. But we're not going to really spend more than like probably like a minute on each one, I'm sure. But just kind of the best ofs. In each department, because there's a lot of different areas when you talk titles, because, I mean, you have everything from, of course, your WWF title, WWE title, but you have many other promotions, you know, so there's other prestigious titles that people hold more accountable than they do a WWF title. And you know what? Hey, man, let's start with that. Let's talk about it. Most prestigious single title. Of all time. I want to hear what you have to say first, ODM. I have a feeling we're on the same page. Yeah, so there's going to be duplicates. Like, I have, you know, I didn't try to make a unique answer for each category. So there's going to be Agreed. If it I... just happened to be the answer, it just yeah. happened to be that there answer. You go. Yep, same uh, here. But this one, I'm interested to see if you're going to agree with me on this one. It's the original NWA title. 100%. That's yep. what I went with. Yep. And you uh, want to know what? I'm going to follow right along, to be honest with you. The most prestigious tags that was next, I gave that to NWA as well. I gave both categories to them. 
Yeah, I thought about it. Uh, I honestly, I went with classic WWF on this one. Uh, there was a time okay. where they were big in the tag teams, uh, and you had some big names uh, winning those titles along the way. The Hart Foundation, the Road Warriors. Uh, you know, there is demolition, regardless of what you want to say about their longevity or whatnot. They were a huge tag team. It was a prestigious title at one point. Um, but I, I think, Edge I think Christian. No, yeah, you're right. I, I'll give it I, to you. I, I think your answer of NWA that I was almost going to go with that. I didn't want to do both, so I kind of I, I decided to go with the classic WWF. I just look back at some of the matches, some of the feuds, and everything sure. with Road Warriors, Midnight Express, Rock mm-hmm. and Roll Express, all those guys. So I just I, that's kind of what I was putting in there. But hey, you know, it's, that's why yep. we do this. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, best. Some of these are kind of funny categories when you really think about it, and it's like no, really, but I mean, I think it makes me? sense. But it made me think about it. You know, me, good. Best looking singles title. I'll tell you. I'll go first on this one. I went with the WWF winged title, the wing eagle title. Yep. Uh, I think that's a good answer. I mean, that's definitely, you know, iconic from our childhood. That was the belt pretty much. Well, maybe yeah. not the belt, but it was certainly one of the top two. Um, I just I like went... how it looked on everybody, man. Macho was the first to wear it. Yep. And it being circular in the middle really helped, you know, the circle yeah, design I liked really it. worked well. Um, I went with the classic IWGP heavyweight championship title. I fucking love that title. It's so simplistic with the carvings. Now we are talking about prior to their new Divas title change. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree. It's a good looking title. I had to think about it for a second, like the exact look of it. And yeah, totally. Because one of my favorite things that they do, especially because of the, the depth on that belt, like when they show you it, you see the nameplates are really it's risen, con- and it's you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's very yeah, exactly. Um, plus, it has the prestige of past champions mm-hmm. on there. It's something really well, cool and about I that love belt. that. Yeah, I'm I'm cool. I yeah, like and that. I love that when they have a championship match, uh, typically on a big event, they'll go through the history and show you all the previous champions, which is yep, fucking pretty badass. Right before the match, always cool. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite things. If I'm going to watch the Omega Okada two out of three falls match, you get to see the whole list of all the champions prior to it. It's just, even you see AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, everybody in there. Um, Best looking tag team title. (laughs) I went with what your first answer was. I went with the... Classic 1987 to 1998 titles where they're big around the waist there for WWF. That title is always my favorite looking tag title. I just, it was just one of my favorites of all time. Well, and because all my favorites wore it, especially well, Bret Hart, you know, rockers for half a minute, yeah. um, demolition. But I see guys like natural disasters who were wearing it money and Edge and christian Steiner even brothers had it, had it Edge and christian even wore them. Yeah. yes yeah totally yeah, yeah. oh a, a, uh, apa had mm-hmm. them originally yep. at one point too so to me that's the that's the original you know so i i like that tag title uh more than anything when it comes to the best looking ones i don't think there's ever been a set of tag titles since let me take that back raw when they split up Raw and SmackDown's tag titles, when they got rid of these exact titles that I'm talking about right now, and they had a Raw version and then a SmackDown version of tag titles. Well, actually, it was one was 
just world tag team champions and the other one was WWE tag team champions. But the Raw world ones, they're more bronzy looking with a little bit of red. I liked them. But nothing compares to the original tag that I'm talking about, the 87 to 98. That's not the original. I take that back. Um, But what's your favorite looking uh, well, tags. we're 50-50 because I'm in agreement with you. I told you I was going to have repeats, and this is one of them. They're the best looking, hands down. Yeah. Good. It's just, yeah, I like that the size were so cool. Yeah. We, we should get a set of those. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you like that, boy. Um, yeah, ooh. We'll get the fake ones. Most popular singles of all time. Not by us. We mean, I'm thinking we're, this is our own personal guess, but if you had to take a guess as to what you think the most popular single and most popular tags are of all time. Popular, meaning it's the one that people would probably tune in the most to see. What do you think? Uh, singles, I'm going Winged Eagle. Okay. I think that was like, that was the one. You know, the NWA was more prestigious, but, uh, I think the the Winged Eagle is the one. That's when you had your Hogan. That's when you had your Macho Man. That's when you had your Warrior. Um, yeah, to me, that was just the, the the popular one. And I'm there with you because you already heard me say that's you know one of the the best looking ones of all time. And but I got to be honest, most popular singles to me, I think people liked it in a popular way because it meant it's your next step, man. Intercontinental title. If you are the man as the Intercontinental Champion, you will be looked at as a WWE Champion. Minus Perfect and Piper, another bounty, but pretty much everybody who held the title, the Intercontinental title in the 90s, became a world champion. Yeah. Hart, Warrior, Michaels, uh, well, not Razor. Austin. But you also had... Uh, Austin, The Rock, Triple H. I mean, all these people, have, you know, not everybody. I'll, I'll give you a take. Not everybody because you have your shamrock in your own heart. Sure. Uh, never mind. I, I spoke maybe too quick on that wording of that. But but to me, I think it was a very popular one. It always had really exciting title matches as opposed to sometimes you could you knew the outcome of the world title match, especially when it was the wing title. You're like, eh, Hogan's going to Pain, earthquake's sure. not taking the title, you know, or whatever the case is. But yeah, that's my popular or uh, my my uh, yeah. What I think is the most popular singles. What do you think is the most popular tags? This is where I think I'm going to throw you a curveball. But but Ooh. but hear me out. It's the NXT Tag Championships. Maybe oh. not so much anymore. But for and that's just been recently on the downslide. For a good minute, it was. I mean, you know, look at all the tag champions you had from AOP to the Undisputed Era to uh, DIY to the Revival. You know, I mean, there is oh, no yeah. shortage of and bangers of tag team matches. And I was just gonna say, you guaranteed yourself. To look forward to, if nothing else, at the entire TakeOver pay-per-view, that the tag team title match, no matter what, was going to deliver every time. Oh, yeah. So I could see the popularness of that. Ooh, I like that a lot. Um, mine were the same titles I talked about earlier, the 87 to 98 WWF tags. I, I think that that version was pretty popular because of all the guys that, that held it that we've already previously talked about. Yep, big names. So now we take a little bit of a turn. And talk about a couple of different things here. 
Let's first talk about in the indie circuit. And we know what, what's considered indie. Basically, anybody that's not what WWE, WCW, or uh, old school ECW, or even now AEW. So anything other than that, I think, is pretty much a an indie promotion. Both of mine, honestly, do come from the same exact place. All right. Well, so do mine. So do you just want to do three, two, one and Ooh. say it? Three. Three. Two, two, one, one. Ring, Ring of Honor. Honor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess we have to explain it to each other since we know. Not man to me. I mean, it's, let's be honest. Let's be yeah, honest. Of all the indie promotions, it's it's the one. It's the one where real wrestling and and real old school stuff matters. I mean, you got to remember, Cornette played a part in this. A little and bit. The only reason it went south is because he was getting tired of the business as it existed, and the TV deal with Sinclair was just an absolute clusterfuck. But really, Ring of Honor, I mean, look, at we, we've discussed the names before. We don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, the tag titles matter. The Briscoes. Oh, yeah. Dan- the first Daniel name is going to come right out of my mind, uh, out of my mouth. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, it's... You can't beat these titles. I mean, fuck it. I mean, yeah, you can say, yeah, they will. They put it on PCO. Well, it's our favorites, and these are the ones I think that hold more weight. I'm more interested in the Ring of Honor world champion than I am the Impact world champion, to be quite honest yep. with you. I, I 100% agree with that. And it's Christian, and I still don't even give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um. So, yeah, we both agree with both single and tag. That's awesome. So, best singles title out there. Today, and then, of course, uh, of course, same thing for best tag team titles going today. And my answer is the same for both really? categories. Yeah. I'm I'll go for curious. it. I, you want me to go first? Okay, man. Yeah. I think the best singles title that's out there today. It's the most interesting. It's the most, probably the more talked about title. In the last two years, it's the AEW World Championship. Same. I would love to say, loved, would have loved to have said IWGP, but the last couple of years, it's kind of gotten meh. Uh, and, and I and yeah. I think they're just they're testing out some things. It's not bad, but nothing that's uh, eye catching as your Okadas and everybody else that have had it. And to be honest with you, I think that the AEW tag team titles, they don't just get thrown around tag to tag to tag. I mean, it's it's been pretty uh, – they hold prestige to those tag titles. Kind of like Tony Khan said, even with his mid-card title. With the, he doesn't see TNT being a mid-card title. He thinks it's its own entity. But if you look who's holding it, it's not no one names. I mean, it's people who are dominating, people like Miro, you know what I mean, and Cody or even Brody Lee when he had it. So I think AEW – is putting the right effort into making their titles seem important. That's why the world title and the tag titles to me are the most, uh, the best ones going today. But let me hear what you have for your tags. Yeah. So yeah, again, I agree with you on the AEW world. Uh, two years, we're on our third champ. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. 100%. Uh, tags, the only reason I did not pick AEW was uh, they, they opened it up with uh, SCU as the first holders. Uh, and the Bucks held, and the Bucks just buried the Revival. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 
FTR. Yeah, well, uh, and, and, no, you're and, right. And it, really, and, and it really soured me on it. So I'm going with uh, the most popular again. I'm going NXT. Again, I, I know that lately it's been on the downslide, and uh, I don't even fucking know who it is that has it. Uh, they changed their name when they went there. I, I don't even fucking know. The Acclaim 2.0 or whatever the oh. fuck their name is. Uh, but, I mean, ultimately I think that it may be changing. It may be in a, maybe in a month or two. Uh, I'll sure. Well, I was going to say they haven't. Something else. Yeah. We had they haven't given you anything any reason to believe so far that a tag team title match will be bad. They haven't, you know what I mean? Because we haven't seen anything out of the new 2.0 version of NXT. So you're right. Maybe you can't discount it just yet because it, they may still provide really good tag title matches, and, and it's the one to look forward to. Now, yeah. most meaningful today. I said, what's the best singles title going today? I feel like it's the most talked about. That's AEW. But I think the most meaningful title still is the IWGP world title. I think that's your most meaningful world title that's out there today. Your thoughts on that one? What do you think is the most meaningful title today in the singles competition? Uh, You know, I I go back to my initial answer for the first one. It's uh, the classic NWA, the original. You know, and one of the reasons even today, I say that even yeah. today, you're thinking that the one that Trevor Murdoch is holding right now is the most. No, 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 no the original. I'm sorry. No, that's what I'm saying. What's the most meaningful going today? Oh, that's not what it said in my notes when I was given the list. It just says most meaningful. So I did oh, I updated the notes went... before the call. Oh, my bad, fucker. It's most meaningful single today and most meaningful tag today meaning like if you win it that's you've made it if you're gonna oh, do jesus christ well then it's got to be aew for which one both um yeah okay i gave aew the tag one as well yeah i mean you know part of me would like to say the uh, iwgp but again was just what they've been doing with it lately uh and we're taking history out of it so right now i'm more interested in the aew champion than i am the NJ- njwp IWGP and uh, world champ. Yeah. LMNOP. Hip, All right. Hip hop. <laughs> Best mid card title of all time. I don't think we're going to disagree on this one. No, I don't. I have a funny feeling. I know what you're going to say, but I, but then again, you might not say it because you may not look at it as a mid card title. Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. Uh, I, 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 maybe I'm a mark. I don't know, man. But I'm going to say the NWA slash WCW TV title. Ooh. 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 Wow. I, I didn't even think about the TV title, man. I had U.S. Yeah. title in my head. I had, uh, I even had actually ECW's TV title come into my head because I was thinking of all different promotions. I had TNT title come in my head and I did not think about the television title. That's a really good one. I, of course, am going to be my mark, as always, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm go ahead. You know, man, it's the Intercontinental title. It, that's, yep. that's the workhorse title, and it's my favorite of all time. I still try to have hopes for it, but then I saw Shinsuke wearing it in the commercial of the Bills game and said I didn't give a shit. So there's that, too. <sighs> Best underdog title of all time. Do you have an idea? Oh, sorry. You must have cut out. I didn't know if you were handing that over to me. Sorry. Well, I did, kind uh, of. I was asking, what do you think it is? So, you know, you... <laughs> so this is where I kind of put my own two cents on how the question was being posed. Fair enough. All right. So when I give you this answer, uh, understand that this is my qualifier. Okay? The underdog title. The way that I am processing that is 
we're going to put a title on you, but that don't mean shit. You basically are just wearing a belt on TV. Doesn't mean you're going to be a main eventer. Uh, doesn't mean you're going to go anywhere no matter how over you are. Okay. Based on, based on that qualifier, I say it's the WWE US title. Hmm. Does that exist still? Oh, no, yeah, I mean Priest. Just... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, I like how you took that, and now I'm going to explain which my version was, which is cool. I think it's it, we could look at it either way when it comes to the underdog. I meant what is the a title that it's like the underdog in the race. Like it's... It's the one you want to root for to be a good title, but it doesn't always deliver, but which is great. It kind of works out to what you said, where it's like, we're putting this on you. You're not doing anything else other than this, which is great. That it kind of worked out to the same. Mine's the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. It has so much like opportunities with it, right? And it's an underdog, and it can be great. Um, doesn't always deliver. And most of the time, the people who are the champions, it's probably the highest rank they're going to go, which is funny. Like we're seeing right now, like you're saying with the U.S. title, that's wow. So we, we both took it into different interpretations, but it's still circle back together. And speaking of, you know, a, a title that would have potential, but failed. You know, we have the underdog title. I think that is the one that, you know, it has potential. It could be there. But what do you think is a title that has had time and it had a lot of potential, but it just never got off the ground and, and no one cared about it? Uh, I'm going to go with the NXT North American Championship. Uh, it looked promising. It was cool to have a mid-card title for the NXT. You could argue maybe they didn't need one. Maybe that's why it didn't work. Uh, but some big names held that title, and it just it got to the point where it just it didn't matter anymore. Uh, never really took off, and now I mean I don't even know who the North American champ is these days. So <laughs> that's a great question. You're right. I mean, it started with you're right. It started with Adam Cole, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, uh, Johnny Gargano. But then now I don't know. Ever since Bronson Reed got fired after having it for a minute, I don't even know who the champion is anymore. Yeah, same. They might have just quietly retired it. We don't even know. <laughs> it's probably Dexter Loomis. He probably won it by marrying her in that segment that <laughs> NWA loved so much. It was a wedding gift. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. My potential, but failed, may surprise you. It's the NXT title. To me, if you're going to be the world champion right there, that should elevate you to being something big on the main roster. It almost means nowadays, if you were the NXT world champion, you're like, no, we're going to be saying goodbye to you soon. And that means you're going to go up and be in a shit area. I mean, let's just look at Rude, Joe, Nakamura, anybody else that's gone up there that you've heard us talk about over and over. To me, that had potential but failed. I think that it, 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 the title system failed itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. I mean, especially where it's headed now, it seems like. So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, I, I think there's still it had more value uh, than the North American. That would be my two cents on that. OK, fair enough. Worst title ever, meaning it was just it was an abomination. It should never have happened. 24-7. Can we move on? 
Ooh, that was a good one. That's a good one. Um, mine is actually the ECWWE title. Oh, yeah. Uh, their version of it, they thought they could recreate an entire brand, and it went about as well as their ECW-WCW invasion angle where they had all the amazing WCW top stars like Shane Helms and Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, you know, the big WCW names that you tuned in every week to watch. Anyway, um, man, what's the worst title design of all time? I think I know what your answer is. I know what my answer is. I'm going to go ahead and tell you my answer right now. Divas. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can see that. Yeah. I what, what's yours? Yeah. Uh, mine's a tie, actually. It's the unified IWGP, so the Divas, uh, or the AEW women's title. You mean the thing that I wear a belt buckle and it's bigger, bigger than their title? <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple of more questions when it comes to this debate. First question I want to ask you is in the tag team title scenario, the Freebird rule, which we've seen is where more than two guys are able to defend it. We've seen it happen with Demolition at one point. We saw it with the New Day. Um, we've seen it a couple of times with the Undisputed Era. What are your thoughts on Freebird rule? Should it be both guys or is it okay to substitute? I'm all down for it, uh, especially because it was it's based on the fabulous Freebirds, uh, who I was a fan of when I was younger. Um, and it, when it's done properly, it's not a bad thing. Uh, ultimately, I don't think we saw too much of the NWO defending the tag titles with like 20 different people. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with it. It's typically better. It works better when you limit it to a group of three. You know, like the New Day or even maybe like, let's say, the Four Horsemen. Uh, but even they didn't rock that out too much. Um, so I, I think with a three-person stable, it's a good one. So I'm going to give that a yay. Okay, fair enough. I'm kind of a negative to it, but that's just because I'm like, well, you never won it. Why are you in there? But sometimes injuries happen, you know, which is why we got it with uh, Adam Cole pulling double duty for several months with Undisputed Era. But that just meant... WWE or NXT was not ready to promote anybody else to be tag team champions at that point. So I guess we're going to have to make a free bird rule. I'm okay with it. I'm not totally against it, but I'm not all for it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I uh, and one other question. That's like a yay or nay. The trios titles. You see them in new Japan. You see it in ring of honor. People are trying to push for it in AEW, which I hope personally it doesn't happen, but it's going to happen. Unfortunately, uh, God, I'm going to say, no, I don't like them. I, I think it's stupid. I've just never cared for them. Um, but because you could just put anybody together and it's just a title match just to have a title match at that point, And there's no prestige to it. But what are your thoughts? Uh, you wrote our trios titles worth a damn. My answer. No, <laughs> It's true, I did write it that way. I should have worded it that way. <laughs> well, before we hit off our final question when it comes to these belts, titles, and straps, let's hear from Nightwing. He 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 was away for a little bit, and uh, we, we threw another one at him where he could chime in on this week's top topic about his thoughts on championship belts. 
everybody you know this is night when y'all are not gonna have a title talk and not have me be a part of it so i'm not gonna talk about a, uh, a lot of stuff here but i'm gonna give you my thoughts on a couple different categories that i have that made belts mean something to me and well maybe you agree with me maybe you don't eh, i don't care Anyway, first of all, the importance of the title. Now, my first belt of importance, my number one important title is the NWA title, purely because of the history. The NWA title is one of the longest lineages of professional wrestling titles ever. The next one was the Winged Eagle belt. Reason I love that belt so much in its importance was that was when WWF, was becoming prominent and it, it was just make it was still kind of in that nwa mindset of putting the title on the right guy for the right reasons which one key being bret hart the next one that's important to me was the smoke and skull belt now the reason the smoke and skull belt was so in, important to me was because purely it was signifying that the attitude era was going on also fans weren't really used to seeing customized titles at the time so it just it, it really kind of stood out when that one came out the next title i have is the wcw big gold belt now why is that one so important well it does kind of have a nwa lineage but that's when the georgia championship wrestling turned into wcw and they lost their nwa lineage so when they kept that belt and the fact that that belt has had such a lineage even up until recent years is pretty important and the last one of my importances are the X Division title from TNA. Now, the reason that's important to me is because that was giving people the opportunity to see something that was just totally different. You saw a lot of different type of performance styles and whatnot. And I mean, what was the, the motto back then? It was no weight limits or whatever. That's why I like that one, just because it had that importance and significance in that time. It was something totally different. Now, my favorite belts of all time, and I'm not going to elaborate on these too much, but my favorites of all time was the original NWA up until the TNA era, the Winged Eagle, the X Division title, the WWE ECW Big Silver belt, and of course, the WCW Big Gold belt. Those are my favorites of like all times, whether it's a design reason or or the significance of why it was carried or, or who carried it. Those are just some of the things I just love about those. I just love those belts. Now, my favorite custom belts, we're going to start off straight with the Smoking Skull. And I've already said why I like that belt. The next one is the Cena US title. Now, it was the first spinner. And that's why it's kind of weird and it's out there with it. But I love that as a custom belt. Now, people may not believe that my next one technically is a custom belt, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to them. The WCW Big Gold Belt when the NWA took it over and spray painted it NWL. So that one may or may not be really a true custom, but it was right for the era. It was a little bit different. The next one would have to be the Million Dollar Belt. I've always loved the design. It, you know, it almost came an infamy of not really meaning much of anything, but it was a great design overall. And the final custom belt that I just absolutely love was the Brahma Bull Belt, which goes right along with the Smoke and Skull. But I just love the design more than anything. And I don't know how much leather the Rock cut out of that thing for him to be to smack that thing around and throw it like that, but. That belt was significant to me. Now, one of my honorable mentions has to be the RW, uh, excuse me, the Ring of Honor Championship belt, that heavyweight belt. I've loved their design. It looks very classy and classic, but 
because a lot of people have never even seen the belt before. That's why it's not on my list. But anyway, guys, have a great day. Take care. The man loves his TNA impact, man. NWA and uh, TNA. I, I can't argue with him. There are some actual really, are actually really good uh, feuds and matches that happen for the world title and tag team titles in both uh, for the NWA, TNA era, and even TNA heading into Impact. Now, oh, no, 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 no. Nothing that is good anymore. But I totally agree with that. Which is funny, man. Looking at all of our stuff, we didn't talk about Impact or TNA at all today. I'm kind of yeah, shocked. Wow. Right. <laughs> good thing we asked him. Well, hey, man, the, the best question to ask when it really comes to talking about these uh, championship titles, what is your personal favorite title? of all time that you just think if there is one time you could be that boy and purchase one title because it was your absolute favorite, not just on looks, but everything, everything, the criteria we just went down today. I don't care if it's mid card tag, anything. What is your favorite title strap or belt? Uh, listen, I, I really, really, really love the way the IWGP title looks, but, uh, the reason that this title didn't make any category in this list is pretty obvious, uh, but it's the big gold belt. Uh, listen, I can always see Flair carrying that thing. He brought it to WWF. It became the NWO championship. It's just a beautiful title. And became a world championship for WWE for several years that wasn't necessarily just thrown on anybody. I mean, you had Batista, Triple H, Taker, um, Kurt Angle, it was treated right. You know what I mean? For a while. I yeah, absolutely love that answer from you, man. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Wow. And when you and when you look at the history, too, when you get, there's some videos out there where you can geek out and kind of see the differences, it actually changed. Oh, uh, yeah. It actually changed when it went from uh, when Flair brought us to WWF. Uh, you know, the weird thing was that boat was just introduced not long after Flair left. Uh, so they had to have like uh, another one made up that wasn't. It was completely different. It was a really generic title. Uh, till and it came smaller, back, but yep. And then when uh, and then when he went back to W, you know, uh, when the companies merged, it changed again, and then it changed again after that. Uh, so if you were to buy uh, a replica title like that boy uh, from WWE <laughs> Shop, it's not going to be the original gold belt. It's going to no. be completely different. So. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing to get an original is going to be very expensive because you'll have to have it custom made. Uh, but yeah, it's like I said, between Flair bringing it to WWF and uh, it becoming the NWO title, it's just it's classic. It's iconic. Uh, we can forget about what happened in the year 2000 with that title, including David Arquette, David Arquette, David Arquette. And uh, <laughs> that doesn't great, count. <laughs> I know it doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, that's my favorite. man. Nice. Well. Honestly, mine is, it, it. I already said it was one of my favorites in many ways, the wing title championship. Just so oh, about yeah. it. The look, the prestige, the people that held it. Um, it was a classic-looking belt to me. I just, I've always been a fan of that one. That's why it's my personal favorite overall. Um, but that wraps up this week's top topic. We had 20 different questions breaking down all the different titles, straps, belts, Next week, we are going to hear again from Nightwing with his good shit of the week. In two weeks, you are going to have her next watch along, which is going to be 
Heroes of Wrestling, 1999. <laughs> that gem. Cannot wait for that. And as always, we like to talk about wrestling. We like to talk about movies. Each week, we try to throw some lines in there, see if you can figure out what it is. Next week, we'll be back with another movie. But this week, while we're taking off, ODM is going to leave us all with his movie quote of the week in the form of the man who lost his ponytail on the plane ride from hell, Doc Hendricks, Michael P.S. Hayes. Hey, Freebird rule man himself. See you guys next didn't week. I do P- didn't I do P.S. Hayes already? I don't think you did. Did you? All right. Well, fuck it. If I did, I did. Now you get it again. Okay. I think I did, but we're going to go with it anyway. No, wait, wait, hang on, wait, you did. You did, stop, stop, stop. His movie quote of the week in the form of a wrestler. And what better person to have him do than doing his impersonation of the man who just joined the NWO last week, X-Pac, 123Kid, 6 are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Hey, side note, we uh, hey, we fucked up, and that was take two. That's what you get for turning down the first one. <laughs> you didn't turn down. I gonna, gave you the wrong one. <laughs> I'm just going to do it as Michael P.S. Hayes just to piss you off. Oh, oh okay. Xbox six, huh? Six, huh? Maybe you should find two lines that are back to back. Do one is X Pac and the other one is uh, PS Hayes, like a conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's just complicate it. Oh, dude, I don't even fucking know what a, <laughs> I, like, I don't know how he doesn't have a unique voice. <laughs> I'm just going to say the goddamn question. Lord, whatever I've done to piss you off, if you could just get me out of this and somehow let me know what it was, I promise to rectify the situation. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. You know, I was going to, I wanted to use a line earlier and there's no way I'm going to be able to use it now at all since we're doing the titles, but I wanted to be like, Ric Flair? Yeah, no, his his career is deceased. Do you want to say something nice about the deceased? Well, how do you know he was nice? We don't know anything about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. (laughs) And I was like, that's Flair. (laughs) 